Hey, fish keepers. Are you ready? Willie and I have the same passion 
for the tropical fish keeping hobby. It was a wonderful show. So people have been asking me, how did I meet William T. or Hannah Pro Discus? Well, I actually found him from another friend of mine, a popular YouTuber by the name of M.A. Fish Guy. And I asked him to come on my show, and he gladly accepted because I watched his YouTube videos, and he had a lot of passion for discus, and I said, this guy's got something special and unique about him, and I had him on the show. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, here is Aqua Alex meets Willie T, the very first time Willie T has ever been on the Aquatic Wetline as the road to Aquatic Wetline's three-year anniversary continues. Love Talk Radio. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. The Aquatic Wetline is proudly sponsored by M.A. Fish Guy, which you can find at mafishguy.com. And Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, located in Ludlow, Massachusetts. Feel free to call in at 347-989-8142 with any questions or comments about tropical fish or the topic for today. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, live to the Aquatic Wetline here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Chef Alex Cardinelli. I'm glad to be back here on the Aquatic Wetline. I know it's been a while. The last time we were on the air was back in January, I believe, and I'm glad to be back on the air. We'll be here for a while here on the Aquatic Wetline. And tonight on the Aquatic Wetline, we're going to be talking about discus and we have a great show, but before we talk discus, I have a major announcement to make on the show tonight, and the announcement is that the Aquatic Wetline actually now has a co-host on the show, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce the co-host to you guys. Um, thank you much, uh, very much, Mr. James Jones, for being the co-host. No problem. Glad to be here to help. Not a problem. You've been a big help so far, and James will be on each and every show that we do, and he'll be here to ask, answer your questions and stuff like that. So I'm glad to have you aboard the staff of the Aquatic Wetline. And tomorrow night we're going to do a show to introduce him to the um, Aquatic Wetline family. But anyways, tonight on the Aquatic Wetline, we have a special guest who is going to join us to talk about his favorite fish of all time, Discus. And joining us tonight is William from Hannah Pro Discus. Welcome to the show, William. How are you? How are you? How are you? Yeah, this is William T. Um, so happy to be on your show, Alex. Uh, thank you for inviting me, sir. Not a problem. I know you had me on your show this past Friday, and I'm very honored to have you on the show tonight. Well, th- thank you very much, Alex. Uh, one good turn deserves another. We've got to help each other out in the fish world, and this is one way to do it. I know. Well said, and I, I definitely love discus, so I am really eager to learn more about discus from you tonight. So how would you like to start a discus show off? Well, I'd like to talk about a little bit of history about the discus fish. Uh, they they come from the Amazon River in South America. 
there are schooling fish and the shoaling fish. Uh, they come from different types of water in the Amazon. They uh, come from uh, murky water, black water, white water, clear water, and they survive all those waters. Uh, in uh, 1840, Dr. Johann Jacob Heckel was the first scientist to write about a discus fish, better known as the hecklefish. And the hecklefish is native to the Manaus in Rio Negro area in central Brazil. And uh, and then again in 1903, the green discus uh, was documented by J. Pellegrin. And Harold Schultz discovered the brown discus uh, in uh, 1955 and documented them in 1960. Uh, now, you basically back then, uh, the first color variations discovered in the wild was the turquoise discus fish in 1969. Uh, they were basically uh, tans, uh, and the ghost and the blue diamond snakeskin and pigeon blondes varieties were created in Asia. And uh, during the late 1980s and early 1990s. So then back for us in America in 1970s, they started to be breeded here in America. And we tried to get uh, different color variations. Uh, but we're always trying to outdo other countries and what we do, and we've got uh, pretty close to 108 different varieties now uh, of discus fish. That's a great history. I never, never really knew the history behind discus, so I am definitely um, intrigued into that. And my favorite kind of discus would happen to be the blue turquoise discus or the cobalt blue discus. So what is your favorite discus to keep? Well, I, I presently have a brilliant blue mosaic and a melon and a fire dragon and a blue diamond. Uh, and out of those four, I like the brilliant blue mosaic the best because the skin looks so uh, beautiful at different angles in the light. Uh, it'll shine a bright blue at some time, then a darker blue at some time, and the middle blue at other angles. And it has an elevation on the skin of this, this blue coloring. And it has like an indentation lines that contrast those darker blue lines. Every once in a while when it gets stressed out, it has straight up and down lines, which gives me the indication something is not quite right in the tank, and I'd immediately do a water change, and it goes right away. So he actually well, tells good. me, he, he, he tells me when there's something wrong, where the other ones, the other discus don't have any indicators. And he is the one that lets me know there's something incorrect in the water. And then I'll take uh, the the uh, tests of the water, and I'll find that there's probably a little elevation in ammonia. And then I'll do another 50% water change, and then get back to normal again. 
So if you got any questions for me. Sure. So what would be your advice for anyone that wants to start keeping discus? Uh, Well, you know, there's a myth about that. They say that if you don't know enough about tropical fish, you shouldn't try to keep discus fish uh, because they're so hard to keep and, and keep alive. Well, that myth is not true. Uh, I've seen that too often on the Internet. Too many people are saying you can't keep them. And these are the very same people that are keeping the discus fish after they've been experienced with the tropical fish business for a few years. So they're keeping the ball rolling by saying the same thing because they think there's something special. But the truth of the matter is if you follow the rules, you can keep discus fish as a beginner. In fact... My YouTube channel, Hannah Pro Discus, is geared towards the beginners starting a beginning tank for discus fish right off the bat uh, and enjoying these beautiful fish, which was uh, given the so hard of a choice of keeping them. Uh, I started discus fish as a beginner, and I've had my discus fish that I've got presently since August 31st uh, of last year, and I got them at three months old. I've had them for six months. Uh, I've only had one case of constipation, no diseases, no problems, but you have to follow the rules of water changes, and you have to maintain a stable pH. No matter what your pH is, if you acclimate them properly to that pH and you keep your pH stable at that same pH, even if it's tap water, just make sure you get rid of the chlorine, use that water, and do all your water changes with the same water, and your fish will live just like mine do. That's a good point. And I know this Friday on I was on your show, we talked about angelfish and clownlicks living with discus, and angelfish and clownlicks will do quite well with discus. But would be your suggestions for tank mates with discus? Well, believe it or not, <laughs> I read a lot of uh, information on the internet about tank mates for the discus fish, uh, and I heard uh, about angelfish from other people, so uh, you wasn't telling me anything new about angelfish, but what I've found out is I had another community tank with swordtails and mollies and platies and fish like this, and they were two years old. Uh, I've had them for a little over two years when I decided to clear out the tank, and I didn't quite know where to put these fish because I was going to put other fish in there. And I only got the two tanks right now, so I decided to put them in with the discus to see if they would survive. And they survived. <laughs> so I found out that some good tank mates for discus fish are swordtails, platies, and mollies. Nice. Those are some um, common fish as well. They have nice colors to go with discus as well. So basically um, what I'm taking from this is anything that's peaceful can 
basically with discus seaweeds, though some people may suggest only having a discus species tank, but there are some other fish that can live with them, such as the tetras and some of the rosa bars, and of course angelfish. And I'm very, uh, I very much understand that angelfish and discus like to shoal together in the wild. Yeah, you you straightened me out on that on Friday uh, Friday at noon, and uh, you know I really didn't know much about angelfish until you told me about angelfish. You were very knowledgeable on the angelfish, and I'm glad you told me about that because now I'm interested in putting angelfish in with my discus. But what I've found out now is when you're going to put these swordtails, mollies and uh, platys in with your discus fish, you have to have a mean temperature. What I mean is uh, discus can survive healthy between 82 and 86 degrees. So I split the difference of 84 degrees to try to decrease the possibility of disease in the discus fish because, as you know, temperature is also used to cure diseases. Well, I have my temperature at 84 degrees, and these uh, sword tails and mollies and platys I had uh, lived through the summer months in my house where the temperature was 82 to 84 degrees. So I didn't have a chiller, and these were surviving. So I knew they could survive in with the discus. I just wanted to prove the point. Uh, that they would remain peaceful with the discus fish at 84 degrees. I don't think they would survive at 86 degrees, but 84 degrees they did. And uh, Now, a good temperature for discus is 86 degrees, but I've had mine at 84 since I've had them, and uh, they're happy. They're happy fish. And I'm somewhat of a rebel, so I try to prove things, even if I, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind. And I like to prove some things that people say incorrectly. Uh, a discus is rather hardy because uh, I went through a power outage here uh, on Thursday and Wednesday and Thursday, and the temperature got down in the tank to 59 to 65 degrees, and they survived. I didn't have any hot water bottles to put hot water in and to try to warm them up. I just prayed a little bit that they would survive, and they did. That cold temperature left them open for diseases, and uh, including ick, velvet, or, or white spot, um, and even some flagellants, and I'm still waiting on that possibility, but so far everything is looking good. They survived the power outage, and believe it or not, so did I. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Now, I know a lot of people who love getting new fish are very impatient, um, but... Would you, why would you suggest having a cycle tank when buying discus? Oh, you've got to have a cycle tank. I forgot to mention that. Uh, you've got to really have your tank cycled properly. What, what, to, to a beginner, I'd say decide what size tank you want first. Really think about it before you buy a tank. Now, 
I would not say go out and buy a five-gallon tank and get a better if you want to have discus fish. I wouldn't say go out and buy a 10-gallon tank. I wouldn't say buy 20. I wouldn't say 30, 39, 40. I'd say 55. Uh, I'll tell you why I say 55. It's because uh, the research shows that 10 gallons of fish is good for discus fish when they're full grown. I say five gallons of fish, and I'm going to prove that when I get some more discus in my tank. The reason why I say five gallons of fish is because if you do your water changes every day, your fish will survive. It won't get polluted. Uh, and you can enjoy discus fish, and they like to school together. So they're going to swim back and forth in that 55-gallon tank at a school of 10. And now that's if it's a species-only tank. Now, if you want to have tank mates, you've got to cut your amount of discus fish down and make sure your tank is cycled before you put them in there. Make sure your filter has got beneficial bacteria in it. Uh, you can prove that by finding a zero level of ammonia, no nitrites, and you can even maintain under 20 parts per million of nitrates. And you'll definitely have zero nitrates if you have a planted tank. But you also got to realize that if you're going to have a planted tank, that leaves less room for discus fish to swim around. Uh, they'll have to swim in and through the plant. So make sure you have some nice plants that uh, for warm water, warm water plants, uh, and uh, the fish will swim in and through the plants, and they'll be happy. The nitrates will be real low. And if you use grow tabs with your plants, uh, you can even get away without spending all that money on CO2 injections uh, with some nice uh, warm water plants. Uh, discus fish are really hardier than you'll read about on the Internet. I've proven it. I've proven that beginners can do discus fish, and that's what I do on my YouTube channel. I prove that. Yes, you do. That's a very, very good statement now. I actually have a couple of more questions for you, and the first question would be um, anyone who is considering getting discus and they have everything they need in order to keep discus and they're, ready, they're getting ready to buy discus, what should they consider when looking at purchasing a discus at the fish store? What, what, what is the perfect discus fish, I suppose you'd say? Well, the cobalt would probably be a good beginner fish for the beginner on discus because they're a little hardier uh, than your other discus fish, uh, even though I say discus fish are hardier than what you'll read about. But a cobalt can handle uh, weekly water changes, but you've got to have a minimum of five fish for them to have a good pecking order structure. Uh, so if you want to try discus fish, I'd say go for the ones you want. Uh, that's what I would do. But if you're scared and afraid of wasting your money, 
go with the Cobalts. A good, good question. question. The Cobalt booths could... are actually a booth. The Cobalt booths are a, a, a nice... Now, I was had a quick question if we could take a step back um, before the actual purchase of the discus fish. Um, with the tank setup, um, do you suggest any equipment that you will use for discus that's really not used for other fish? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they say you need to use sponge filters with discus fish because they don't like currents. But believe it or not, there's current in the Amazon River. Uh, that goes to the sides into the pools and things like this. So they're used to a little bit of current. And I've got, uh, actually, I got a hot magnum 250 located in my total right corner of my tank. I've got a Aquatec 110 right next to it on the right-hand side. On both together, side by side, and I got a beneficial bacteria homemade uh, bio bead filter in between the two, creating uh, beneficial bacteria. Uh, and they stay way over to the left hand side of the tank where there's no current. And they like the cleanness of the water. I like the fact that these uh, filters keep the water clean all day until the next day when I do a water change. Uh, it keeps the water. I don't use charcoal, though. Uh, I definitely don't use charcoal because they need the minerals that's in the water, and charcoal will remove some of the minerals in the water. Uh, that's why sponge filters are recommended because there is no charcoal. Uh, they just keep good beneficial bacteria. But what I do is I add beneficial bacteria to my tank, nitrifying bacteria uh, that I purchase at the local fish store. So that keeps my filters uh, with bacteria, whereas a sponge filter would grow beneficial bacteria more so than the power filters. But sponge filters are definitely recommended. And two of them per tank, because you need to clean one while the other one is uh, maintaining beneficial bacteria so that you alternate the cleaning of. And always use aquarium water when you clean it and just squeeze them out a little bit, uh, a couple, two or three times to get the gunk out, but keep the beneficial bacteria in the sponges and use the sponge filters. Are you there? That was yeah, a good question, James. Here. I was just listening to the answer. How about the lighting? I heard that the lighting plays an important role with the discus. Well, discus fish don't like too much light. Actually, unless you get discus fish uh, that were used to the light. But in history... Discus fish don't like too much light because they're, they're, they come from murky water, most of them, in the wild. And their eyes are pretty big. And, uh, you know, when you acclimate discus fish to your tank, you've got to turn out the light 
uh, and you even got to turn out the light in the room as you're unboxing these because they will definitely kill themselves trying to get away from the light. Uh, and I don't have too high of a light in my tank. I'm only using one light on one side. That's the side that, believe it or not, that they inhabit uh, so I can get some good videos of them. But sometimes they like to go to the darker side of the tank where the filters are, believe it or not, and get out of the light. So I give them the best of both worlds. Uh, but light is not uh, a big thing with discus fish. Okay. I know light is a big thing with plants. <laughs> so when I go to do my community tank with plants, I'll have to find out uh, if the plants, I'm going to have to get low-light, warm-water plants uh, or hard, the hardiest plants and uh, see if I can have a planted tank because I really want to try a planted tank with these fish that I've got here. Uh, I'm eventually going to get a 75-gallon tank and move them into a 75, and then I'm going to buy uh, more discus to go with them to have 10 or 12 in the tank, uh, and so they can be happier than they are. Because I've got one discus, the Blue Diamond. He's a cull. Uh, he was made that way uh, by not eating as much as the others because I only have four at the present time. Uh I'm a 61-year-old man ready to retire in another three months. That's when I'm going to start purchasing more discus and getting into it even further. Eventually, I'm going to start breeding quality discus. And uh, I'm going to start selling them. And uh, I want to make sure that I can provide quality discus before I sell. So I'm going to have to separate the weak from the strong and... Uh, do it right, and start using bare-bottom tanks for breeding. I'm going to split my 90, my 55-gallon tanks in two with plexiglass, painted plexiglass. And I'm going to breed them in 55-gallon tanks instead of 20-gallon tanks. I'm going to prove that you can do that, too. Uh, you know, a lot of the normal people just follow suit with people say, well, get a 20-gallon tank and uh, use a 20-gallon tank with your uh, uh, birthing pole and, and uh, a sponge filter, and they can live like that. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a sponge filter on each side of these tanks, and I'm still going to breed them in 55-gallon tanks. So I'm going to have nine 55-gallon tanks breeding 18 species at a time and uh, have a 75-gallon tank times two for the juveniles. And I'll go from there. Sounds cool. That will be great to see. So they say, let me reiterate one thing. They say one of the best tank mates for discus are their cardinal tetras. Out of the tetras, uh, they say cardinal tetras. Well, I just bought 16 neon tetras, uh, which I have in the other tank that I'm, I'm getting uh, to grow uh, from their inch 
size to uh, a larger size, and then I'm going to put them in with the discus fish and see if I can prove that these fish can be tank mates with uh, discus as well. Neon tested yeah, okay up with, on that. Um, huh? Yeah, I said I read up Alex? on that. that. What'd you say, James? I said I read up on that that um if you ever wanted to know if your tank was suitable for discus was to get the neons. And if you have neons living in your tank then the discus would do fine. Yeah, okay. Well I never read up on that. Uh I'm just trying it. Uh maybe it'll work. Uh and it should work. Um uh, because I've got them in the same temperature water now with the kissing grammys I've got in the other tank. Uh, and one tiger barb. And the tiger barb isn't even bothering these neons. Uh, and the when I first put them in the tank with the kissing grammys, uh, the kissing grammys uh, was adventurous about them and tried to figure out what these were. Uh, and they went over there and tried to give them a kiss or two. <laughs> I thought they were going to eat them, but uh, they didn't quite make it. The uh, neon swam away quick enough. But now they're compatible, so they're living with the kissing grammys. I'm sure they can live with the discus. Uh, I noticed when I put my betta in with the discus, the discus was trying to nip at the fin of the betta. Uh, I'm not sure why, so I took them back out of there, put them back in a five-gallon tank. So uh, that's one fish I don't think the discus appreciated. Well, since we're speaking about take mates for discus, I know that there is a, a particular tetra from South America called the rummy nose tetra that does really well with discus. I'm actually a huge fan of rummy noses as well. Yes, rummy nose do very well. Uh, uh, that's what I've discovered through research. I've never tried it personally. Uh, I intend to try it someday in my community tank here. But that's after I get them in the 75-gallon tank. I'm going to try uh, a lot of different fish to see if they can be compatible with the discus as well as the temperature of the water. Uh, through Even if I go to acclimate them for an hour, two hours, three hours, uh, I'll get them used to the temperature of the water. Uh, I guarantee it. Corydoras cats are perfect catfish for a discus tank as well. Yes, Corydoras. Uh, they're good bottom feeders. Uh, you know, discus fish have a habit of eating mostly in the middle of the tank. And sometimes uh, when they take a bite of food, see, they're grinders. They don't chew their food. They don't have teeth. So they grind their food. And when they're grinding, some of the food particles come out of their mouth, drop to the bottom of the tank. That's why you've got to clean it so often, because they're, they're, they're sloppy eaters, and the food drops to the bottom. So it's beneficial to have bottom feeders, uh, which I don't have. Uh, because I do so many water changes, uh, the bottom feeders really wouldn't have no food. Uh, I've been stuck on doing water changes 
uh, out of fear of losing my fish because I don't want to lose them right now. I can't afford to lose them right now. I've got to uh, prove that they can live uh, the way I'm doing it uh, as a beginner. And if you're a housewife and you're a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home housewife, uh, discus fish are perfect for you as companions, too, because you can sit in front of the aquarium and they'll interact with you. Uh, they play tag with each other and uh, they'll come over to the uh, glass and they'll stare at you. Uh, that you can play hand games with them. Uh, they'll follow your hand. You eventually can get to feed them out of your hands. Uh, you can even eventually touch them if you maintain a rapport with them. Uh, I have my home office in the same, in the bedroom where I got my tanks, and I'm only a matter of three feet away from each aquarium. And these fish watch me like a hawk, and they know uh, when they're hungry, they let me know when they're hungry by coming over to a certain area of the tank, which lets me know they're hungry. And it's one fish that has been told by the other fish we're hungry. So he brings them all over. He tells me they're hungry. I feed them. They're still juveniles. They eat six or seven times a day with small meals. That's how you feed these juveniles. If they're under seven inches or six inches, they're still juveniles. They'll stay juveniles for 12 to 14 months. And then after 12 or 14 months, they're considered adults. Then you can feed them three times a day. But I feed mine six to seven to eight, depending on the food and the amount of meal, which is always small because they love to eat all the time. Uh, these are pig fish. <laughs> they love to eat, and they're always looking for food. When, they, when you come home or you've been in another room and you come in the room, they'll come up to the glass. And sometimes they'll even look you square in the eye and say, feed me. <laughs> they love to eat, like me. Like me, too. That's why, <laughs> that's why, that's why I've got them, uh, because they're just like me. Uh, they're passive. Uh, they're, they've got personality. Uh, each one has personality. Uh, you've got the alpha male which is in charge of all the rest. He gets to eat what he wants first. And if he's not ready for you to eat next, he'll tag you away. And then the second in charge will start to eat just just about time the number alpha male is ready to quit eating. The second one will start eating. And the third will sneak a bite every once in a while until it's time for her to eat. And then Petey... Well, most of the time he's out of luck, but <laughs> I give him something to eat anyways after these three are, are pigged out, and then he gets a little bit of food. He don't eat much because he knows he's not supposed to. He's been well-trained not to eat, but he's still only three inches, and he's the same size he was when I bought him, all the same size. I got... One that's five and a half inches long, one that's five inches long, one that's four and a half inches long, and one that's three inches long. 
So you can tell the eating capacity of each fish uh, down the line. What do you say to that? Sounds fascinating. That, that sounds you pretty have to cool. Treat one like a baby. Yeah, they they uh, like they're. I'm looking at them right now as I'm talking to you, and uh, they're coming over to me, telling me they're hungry. And the head one, they got all the information saying we're hungry. Feed us now. Uh, but I'm telling them to wait. They go back. I'm waving my hand at them to go back. And they're backing up. Now, how about that? Wow. A dog in a fish tank. I love it. Yeah, they're beautiful fish. And their colors are so fantastically beautiful. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, African cichlids out there that are beautiful. Uh, and they're aggressive fish. They got teeth. They battle each other and... They they eat the inferior. <laughs> they destroy the inferior. And you've got a lot of people out there that have these African cichlids because they like the aggressiveness of the fish, because they're aggressive people themselves. It's like a person with their dog. Uh, you can tell a lot of people their personality by the dog they keep. Uh, and same way with their fish. Uh they're a personality uh, indicator. Uh, I like discus fish because uh, they have personality. They teach me how to take care of them. Uh, they'll let you know when things are incorrect. Uh, all you got to do is learn to listen to them and think like a discus. It takes a little while, but it can be done. So since we're on the topic of feeding discus, would you suggest feeding your your, your discus? A variety of food. Feed them a a, a staple of flake food uh, as their primary meal uh, because it's easier for them to digest. Uh, Then you can create a recipe with... uh, I use uh, beef liver uh, instead of beef heart with uh, some uh, V8 juice uh, for vegetables uh, and some baby uh, spinach. And uh, I also take some pellet food and grind it up. That's for discus. Uh, And I grind all this up and I put soy protein as a binder instead of cornstarch that a lot of your flake food uses. Uh, I use uh, soy protein, which is a better binder than cornstarch to make a recipe with. And then you freeze it, uh, and then when you're ready to feed your fish, you just break it off in pieces and stick it to the glass in the aquarium and let them eat it from the glass of the aquarium, and uh, what I do is I feed them flake food three times a day, the frozen food two times a day, and I give them a pellet food one time a day. But you got to soak your pellet food in 
aquarium water before you stick them in the aquarium because if you don't, you could cause digestive problems. And you got to understand something about discus. They're prone to certain diseases. So you've got to maintain your water changes. You've got to uh, feed them a variety of food to keep their immune system up. And you've got to love them. Uh, you've got to give them a a love indicator because, you know, you got to believe it or not that they're living in an aquarium. Uh, and, you know, we breathe them in aquariums as Americans all the time just to make some money. But the fish really aren't happy in the aquarium unless you make them happy. Uh, no fish is happy in an aquarium unless you make them happy. You've got to make them want to live there. So if you feed them well, give them good water, give them good plants, uh, give them good decor to look at, to play around, they'll make you happy. What do you say to that? I agree. You know, you know, you got a lot of these people that have bare bottom tanks for these discus fish, and I, I'm too probably going to have bare bottoms when I'm breeding them. But I'm also going to R and R them every once in a while, put them back in a community tank uh, where they don't have to breed. They'll enjoy the decor and the tank water the way they are. Give them rest and relaxation and breathe another strain in their place in the bare bottom tank. But it's like a human being being in a room with no furniture in a bare bottom tank. I wouldn't like it. It causes a little stress. But if you're in a, in a bedroom or a living room with furniture, you're not as stressed, uh, 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 unless you've got a sweetheart, of course, then you're not stressed at all. Uh, and the same way with, with uh, discus fish. If they got a sweetheart uh, in a room with furniture or their decor, they're happy. I believe it. And the only way I'll ever have a bare bottom tank is when I'm breeding. But I'll also give them R&R. And I'll only breed my discus fish for one year instead of three uh, because uh, you're damaging your parents if you uh, breed too many fish with them just to make money. Uh, you know, you're destroying the skin of your fish. and They can actually get ulcers from the babies eating on them too much or too long. So you've got to learn how to artificially raise your fry sometimes if you're going to breed, uh, and which makes it fun. Uh, you win some, you lose some, but the ones that survive the artificial feedings and the artificial raising will be much stronger. Their survivability rate will be increased, and they're a good quality fish to sell. And there's less chance of bash and discus disease. Awesome. So we had a great time today. Actually, our time is running out now. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. 
Thank you for having me, Alex. And thank you, James, for your questions. Oh, thank you. You had me ready to go run out and get a tank ready for one now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds great. With my honor having you on. Thank you. We'll have to get you on again well, sometime in the future. Well, if you think I did a good job, you're welcome to have me anytime you want. Uh, if I was incorrect on any information, let me know, uh, and I'll do some more research. How about that? You did Sounds awesome. Like you winner. did a great job. We'll have to get you on. We'll have to get okay, you on again. Thank you very much. Well, I want to and, and I'm out of here. You're welcome. Thank you for coming thank on you. tonight. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline here on Blog Talk Radio. We're back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, and 3 p.m. Pacific as we will introduce our co-host and I'll explain a little bit more about himself. Until then, have a good rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. Good night, everyone. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. The Aquatic Wetline is proudly sponsored by M.A. Fish Guy, which you can find at mafishguy.com. And Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, located in Ludlow, Massachusetts. Feel free to call in at 347-989-8142 with any questions or comments about tropical fish or the topic for today. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. <laughs>